yeah, it was like Christmas in May. It was great. Yeah, I, I brought in the, uh, you know, the the trash and recycling, and I walk into the the recycling center, and, and the way they have it set up is there's a table for glass and a table for plastic and a table for cardboards and paper, and then they had a table for tin and aluminum, and right in the middle of the table for tin and aluminum was a beautiful, like pristine shape Coleman stove. Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the authors of Where Should We Camp Next? And Where Should We Camp Next? National Parks. This season we are back with a brand new RV and brand new adventures. Join us now as we cover the best campgrounds, the best rigs, the best food, and the best gear to bring with you when you go. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, I'm thrilled to have back on the show my camping buddy, Phil Travaglia. Uh, Phil and I recently tent camped at North South Lake in the Catskills, and we had an amazing, amazing weekend. This is one of the best public campgrounds in all of New York State. It is the most popular campground in the Catskills. And it is simply one of the best campgrounds in all of New York State and in all of the Northeast. North South Lake is a beloved campground. So in the first half of the podcast, Phil and I are going to review the campground, just like we always review campgrounds. We'll talk about bringing an RV there. We'll talk about tent camping there. No matter what you want to do there, we'll give you the skinny and give you the breakdown. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to come back with Phil. And Phil's going to break down his tent camping setup because he literally has the perfect setup for a weekend tent camping trip. I love all of the gear that he brings together, the way that he sets up the eating section, the way that he sets up the tents. Uh, This guy just has everything down. And it actually sort of inspired me for my next tent camping trip that I took. And a lot of this stuff is very RV applicable. It really is his RV setup that he uses when he's camping in his RV, just slightly modified for the tent camping trip. So I'm thrilled to have Phil on the show. We're going to come back in a second, give you an awesome review of North South Lake in the Catskills in New York State. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Blackstone. And the Blackstone came out on this tent camping trip, and I made some awesome smash burgers. Uh, so we'll be right back in a second. But first, a message from Blackstone. The sound of bacon or burgers and steaks sizzling is the sound that you crave this summer. Blackstone is the original flat top griddle with more than 9 million griddles sold. Blackstone is the way that America cooks in the great outdoors. You can cook everything you can on a traditional grill and a thousand things you can't. Want an incredible breakfast? How about lunch or dinner? The solid steel flat top infuses the flavors. Pick the size and style that's right for your next camping trip. The 17-inch and 22-inch griddles are easy to store in your RV and still have the space to feed the hungriest army. There's even a portable Blackstone with an air fryer built in. Talk about variety. With Blackstone, you can cook anything, anytime, anywhere. They even make a portable pizza oven that you can bring camping. For outdoor cooking fun and flavor that you can't find anywhere else, go wherever griddles are sold or head on over to blackstoneproducts.com. And remember, if it's not a Blackstone, it's not a griddle. 
Hello, Phil Trevalia, and welcome back to the RV Atlas, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So excited to be on the show again. I love having you on the show. Your episodes are always top performing episodes. Uh, so, so no pressure, buddy. Uh, we've <laughs> no been, pressure at all. I'm no just... pressure at all. We've been talking about tent camping for several years and we finally did it, right? We finally made it happen. We did. We got out there and uh, it was awesome. It was a great trip. It was a super great trip. So for everybody listening, Phil and I went tent camping at North South Lake in the Catskills. We're going to give you a review of the campground. Uh, so that for the first half of the podcast, we'll just give you the type of campground review we've always given on the RV Atlas. And we'll, we'll talk about RVs and tenting there because you can do both. And then in the second part of the podcast, we're going to come back and talk about Phil's tent camping setup because it's literally perfect and amazing. And I was in awe of it. And I want you to share um, some of the gear that you use when you're tent camping, which you also use when you're RVing too. Um, But let's dive right into this review of North South Lake in New York State. Um, You're a New Yorker, Phil. So can you tell us where is this campground located in the beautiful and amazing state of New York? It's up in the Catskills, um, about an exit away from Woodstock off the New York State Thruway. So it's about, I'd say about 40 minutes from, a little more than 40 minutes from Albany. And it takes me from Long Island uh, just under three hours to get there from, uh, from the island, depending on traffic. Yeah, for me, coming from New Jersey, it was just under three hours. Um, it's almost a straight line straight up from the Jersey Shore um, on the Garden State Parkway. So I guess from New York City, you could say that it's around two hours, I would think, right? Yeah, I would say that's a fair, fair assessment. Yep. Now on their website, they say that this is the most popular campground in the Catskills. Um, this is a very, very popular campground. How long ago did you make the reservations just to get a site here? I'm looking at my Reserve America right now. It... Uh... I'm trying to think. I it probably was about four or five months I made it in advance. When we talked about uh, doing the tent camping, uh, I figured the only way we're going to actually make it make it happen is if I, as soon as we got home from that the uh, RV trip that we're on with you guys, we I got right online and booked it. So I'd, I'd say it was about four or five months. But remember, we we bumped into those fellows when we were hiking, and they said that they booked a couple of sites. The guy was right across from us last minute, and they had no uh, no trouble getting it in there. Now, just for fun, I checked to see if there was availability for this coming weekend. Uh, Not because I'm going again, but because I just wanted to give our listeners a sense of how hard it is to book. And it was completely sold out for this upcoming weekend, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean there, you know, there might not be cancellations or something like that. But this is a popular campground. Um, It's also not a state park, but it is run by the state. Uh, It's run by the state's Department of Environmental Conservation. So in New York, you have your New York State Parks, which is an amazing system, but then you have also a whole separate network that's run by the DEC. Um, When you put those two together, Phil, New York has absolutely amazing state public campgrounds. Would you agree? Uh, Absolutely. There, There are so many. I mean, New York State is one of those states that is kind of like a hidden gem in the sense that there are so many places to go camping and the state campground system is enormous. And and one place after the next is more beautiful than the next. And it's 
there's just so much space and so many places to go there. New York state is a great resource and a great place to go camping for sure. And you um, really also love Hither Hills and Montauk, right? And you've reviewed yeah. that here on the RV Atlas. I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, you could spend your life camping in, in New York state. I mean, I, I feel like some people within the state, that's their camping. They just camp within New York state because there's so many yeah. options. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think New York is very similar to Florida in the sense that I think there's just endless state park camping available to you out there. Just a big state with a lot of land and a lot of places to go. So it's been a long time exploring. Awesome. All right, let's dive into the actual campground itself. Mm -hmm. um, so we talked a lot about like which loops we liked the best and, and you know what we would recommend to people or what we would like to get next time we come back. So could you just break down like what the campground looks like, the the different loops and maybe, you know, like your your best option, your second best option? What what should our listeners try to reserve if they can when visiting North South Lake? Sure. So North South Lake, um, basically, just like the name says, as a North Lake and a South Lake, the majority of the camping is available around the North Lake. I'm just going to hold up. I don't know how well it's going to turn out on the uh, the camera, but I'm going to hold up the camping map for the, the campground. And you can see there, there are the two lakes. And you can see where right here, that's where the majority of the campsites are. So those are surrounding the North Lake. And those are loops one, two, four, five, and six. And um, where we walked, because we did that, that walk around to, to kind of check out all the, the premium lakeside sites. Loop three is there too. Uh, sites like 145 to like 167, like 151, 150, 167, 148, 149. Those were the beautiful ones that we took pictures of. They're all along the water. They had the great scenery. And those would be the ones that I would think that you need to be nine months and one second after the clock to, to book those sites because those were just really nice. And like then we, we yeah, had a magnificent, magnificent sites. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So that's a like first choice waterfront if you can get it. Absolutely. And then we had a site in loop two and we were along, there's a, a like a little river bed that runs through um, the campsites that eventually ends up to the lake and it borders loop one and loop two and, um, Sites 31, 39, 38, 30, 32, those are all right on the riverside in loop two. And then uh, 7, 9, 11, 13, 14 in loop one, those are all right along the riverbed. And we just, we kept marveling at how pretty it made the campsite seem. Like, you know, to have that natural border behind us where you, you know, you're, you're sitting down, you look out and you see a nice creek bed with water trickling through and stuff. And that was, it made a big difference. And, um, those are just really nice sites. They were spacious and um, scenic, definitely. So it seems like we, like both you and I agreed that if you can get a site on the lake, get a site on the lake. If you can't mm -hmm. get a site on the lake, get a site along that stream bed. Yeah. And that's as your second choice. And then your third choice is anything else in loops one through six. Pretty much, yeah. Definitely. Now, Anything what about else? Loop 7's a little bit of an outlier? What, what, tell us about Loop 7. So Loop, loop 7's a small little loop, and it's, it's pretty much you come across it immediately after you get through the main gate and you check in, and it's totally landlocked. Um, and it's, uh, I'd say it's got probably about 25 or 30 sites on it. And it, 
it's just isolated and quiet. So uh, not such great scenery. You, you've got nicely wooded sites, but there's not really much going on in terms of feeling like your surroundings. Um, but if you're looking for maybe a place that you're going to do some remote work on your computer, or you just want some time where you're just going to get the tent set up, and you're just going to kick your feet up in a hammock and read a book. You just want quiet and, and peace. That's a good loop to go to for sure. Now we it's were almost both... like an overflow. Yeah, that's exactly like, an like, it's like, that's to me would be my last choice because it's a bit further away from both of the lakes. Um, we were yeah. both really surprised. We got to the campground and we went down to the lake for a walk. I think we were both shocked to see a lot of empty lakefront sites, right? Yeah, yeah. But the weather was iffy that weekend. So I think a lot of people, the beauty of a state park is, you know, you make a reservation. If you're a state resident, it's only $22 a night there. So I think a lot of people booked for the weekend. And when they saw the weather was going to be so-so, if they're, they're going intense and they weren't feeling up to, uh, you know, dealing with the weather and intense, they probably just said it's not not even a headache to just not show up. You know, I'm going to lose 20 bucks or 30 bucks for the, or $40 for the weekend. So we did well, notice that, yeah. A lot <laughs> of people are seeing that all over the place, particularly at state parks where the price of camping is so cheap. Um, you know, these these waterfront sites are so hard to get. And even though we had a slightly iffy weekend weather-wise, we still had fun. It wasn't that bad. Uh, a yeah, lot of people would have loved to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, as you say, yeah, the weather wasn't terrible at all. I mean, we had a couple of showers here and there, but it was like it added to the whole experience. It was fine. It wasn't a, a torrential nightmare of a weekend or anything like that. So, yeah, got to stick it out sometimes, take the chances. I was sad to see those sites unoccupied, and I think people are seeing that all over the place where the price of the sites is so low, sometimes people just don't show up. So which site did you select? And you did a great job, buddy. Um, what did you think okay. of the site we were on? So we chose, we were in site number 39 on Loop 2, and I loved it. I thought it was a great site. It had plenty of space. We set up our entire thing. Uh, you had, uh, we had room for your tent. We had room for my tent. We had room for our our uh, canopy for our like uh, cooking and living space area there. And there was, I had my kayak out and it took plenty of room. And we had the river uh, stream bed on the back of the, the site. So uh, I thought it was great. I, if we couldn't get anything right on the lake, I'd go back to that site again. Definitely. Oh, I would take that site again in a second. I would, would recommend bring bug spray. I think particularly if you're along that stream bed, it wasn't horribly buggy. And I think I showed up, hopped out of my truck, and I was like, oh, there's some skeeters here. And you were like, you like handed me the bug spray and that took care of it. And it didn't bother me the rest of the weekend. Uh, but maybe a little bit buggier along that stream bed. Uh, just mm -hmm. so everybody listening knows, there are no hookups at the sites here. Um, but mm -hmm. there are RVers and there are RVs at this campground. I think that we would both say it's about 80% tent campers, 20% RVers. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, that sounds exactly right on. And uh the the bathhouses are conveniently located, so even though there are no hookups, if you need to get water or you need to to use the facilities, um, you know it's a short walk. It's not terrible at all. Uh, there, I felt that they were convenient. Plus, they had spigots um, in different places where you can you can go to kind of save yourself a few steps instead of having to go to the bathhouse to to get to the sinks or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I'd say eighty to twenty ratio for campers and, and, uh, and RVs for sure. 
And it's a little, I mean, I personally would probably, I would not take my 32 foot grand design there. There are some twists and turns. There are some tight roads. I think that most of the RVs there were, you know, smaller, you know, 15 foot, 20 foot. That's not to say there weren't a couple of larger RVs there, but I would certainly take caution. And and my sense of it is that anyone there with a larger RV or a somewhat larger RV um, is probably familiar with the campground. I don't think it would be a good idea to show up your first time there with any kind of a larger rig, even though certain sites may technically be able to accommodate it. I, I, I think I would say this is just not a big rig friendly campground. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I think you'd, you'd have to be like a surgeon. Like you'd have to be able to be like super precise in the way you maneuver your your rig if you had something over like i'd say like 23 24 feet because it it was there were a lot of tight turns low trees branches things like that i felt like the the few places where we saw the bigger sites uh the bigger uh rigs were on the waterfront sites uh, they seemed to be a little bit more open some of them and accommodating for bigger rigs but uh unless you're super familiar with that place i wouldn't i wouldn't take my my big rig there for the first time uh, and just kind of see what happens. <laughs> you might, you might get yourself into trouble. All right, for sure. Now the general vibe here now, look, you know, we're both RV guys, we're both RV owners and, and we've both camped a ton in all kinds of different places over the years. Uh, but this was kind of a nice breath of fresh air for me going to more of a tent centric campground and just kind of seeing everybody's tenting setups and all the gear they were using. And it was a lot of fun for me to, to do something a little bit different, you know? Um, now, what was the general atmosphere like, the general vibe? Was it quiet? Was it noisy? Uh, what was it like at a more tent-centric uh, state, state campground? Well, the weekend we were there, I, I thought it was quiet. There was, a, there was one group there in, in one of the, the more distant loops away from us that um, were, you know, was pretty young and they were kind of kicking around and making some noise, but they they weren't loud past the quiet hours. And in general, the whole campground for the most part was just, it was very kind of like a very, like, it was like a positive, mellow, happy, you know, environment. Everybody was happy to be there. And, you know, it's what's fun and I never really noticed so much before, uh, but like the passion that people put into setting up their sites when they RV camp with their gear and everything they do. Like the tent camping community is the same way. I mean, you, you can see that in the creativity of all the different setups that people have. And that's kind of what I like about it. It's, it's fun. You get people come up with different hacks and cheats and ways to come up and beat the weather and, and create comfort and, and uh, make their own like little, you know, setup that's perfect to them. And uh, you know, so it, it, it 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 was a good, relaxed, laid back kind of environment. Definitely, it was not one of those state park feels that you you worry about. Uh, and sometimes people report that they're just it's a campground where people just go to party. This was definitely not that. This not is like all. a camp, like a real campers campground, if that yeah. makes sense. And Absolutely. I I also you, you and I are on the same wavelength with just so many things. Like I've really really enjoyed seeing everyone's tent camping setups and. There was everything from people with basically like nothing but a tent to people that really were creating elaborate outdoor setups, uh, you know, having large meals outside, like multi-course meals and playing, you know, lovely music and everything. And, and mm -hmm. you know, 
people were almost there were people glamping there, right? Even though yeah. this was state park, no hookups, $22 a night. Um, you know, there were no glamping tents or cabins or anything, but people were having a glamping experience, all with things that yeah. they brought out of their cars. Um, yeah. And you did an amazing job setting up, but we're going to hold that and talk about that later. Um, so we're going to come back in a second. We're going to talk a bit more about um, North South Lake Campground in the Catskills in New York State. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Camco. Camco is one of our favorite companies in the outdoor recreation industry. For more than 50 years, they have remained a trusted North Carolina-based manufacturer specializing in innovative products for the RV, marine, outdoor living, and outdoor recreation markets. You may know them best by their American-made Rhino sewer hoses, Taste Pure water filters, EvoFlex drinking water hoses, and TST toilet chemicals, but their lineup of products doesn't end there. Camco continues to deliver products that bridge the gap between you and your next great adventure. From portable grills and campfires to ease lift hitches and power grip electrical adapters, they seem to be doing it all. There's a saying that if you own an RV, you are sure to own a Camco product or two. And it's true. We still use Camco products that we bought 12 years ago when we started RVing. This year, we are stocking up our new RV with go-to Camco products like their collapsible laundry basket and their life is better at the campsite dishes and mugs. Head to CampcoOutdoors.com to check out all of the cool stuff that Camco makes and get 10% off your entire order with our discount code RVAtlas10. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with my buddy, Phil Travaglia, who I've RV'd with many times over the years. And um, this was a, a tent camping trip at North South Lake Campground, probably one of the most popular campground, public campgrounds in all of New York State. Uh, it is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful campground. Uh, we kind of mentioned this, Phil, but um, how long in advance, uh, how far in advance can you book? And just remind everybody what you paid again for the sites per night. Sure. I believe you could book up to nine months in advance on Reserve America. And um, I paid because I'm a New York State resident. I paid $22 a night. I am not sure of what the non-state -res non resident fee is, but uh, I, it can't be, I would say, more than probably $35 or $40 a night. Um, Reserve America is great. They, their staff is good. They'll explain all the different pricing and the, the different, uh, you know, the fees, if there are any, for changing reservations or cancellations and things like that. Uh, I booked us about like four and a half months in advance, or five months in advance, I think. Um, but at that time, all the lakefront sites were gone uh, for this the weekend that we were going. And uh, but there was still plenty of sites around, and we got that nice Creekside site. So it's it's easy. Reserve America is very good. They just updated their software. I just had to reset my password and everything. So. Their, their website is is very useful and helpful in getting you in there. One thing I love about um, the Reserve America, for North South Lake anyway, is that there's a picture of every site uh, when you mm -hmm. click on the, the site map. So you can see your site, and it will tell you the length of the vehicle you can have in that site in terms of bringing an RV. But as we pointed out already, it may say, oh, a 40-foot vehicle can fit in this site, but you've got to get to the site first, and there are some, some twists and turns. So again, better for smaller RVs. Now, amenities yeah. here are pretty simple and straightforward for a public mm -hmm. campground, uh, but, but, there, but there were some things to, to do. So what did the campground have in terms of amenities, Phil? Well, they had a beautiful beach, uh, 
which was not uh, manned by a lifeguard when we were there, I think, because it was still early in the season. Uh, I think it was, we went before Memorial Day, right? So yes. it was, I think after Memorial Day, they'll probably have lifeguards on duty. Um, you know, the they have, uh, you can fish, plenty of places to fish. They had this nice little bridge that this young couple were uh, fishing off of with their dog and they were hanging out and looking at the ducks. They have volleyball and uh, playground. Um, there's a dump station. Uh, there's a recycling center. Um, so uh, you can take your trash at, the, at night. There are, uh, they did discuss about bears uh, in the area. So at night you do want to lock up your food in the car. These are the things they told us. And um, make sure that there's no trash on the, the, uh, the campsites. But it was, and you could rent boats and uh, you can put kayaks uh, and paddle boards and things like that in the water. I don't believe you're allowed to take a motor boat in the lake, but uh, we saw some people paddle boarding. We saw some people swimming, even though there weren't lifeguards. So there's plenty of things to do. There's tons of hiking, tons of hiking. Yeah, a and couple keep... the... Yep, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, finish. Yeah. So as far as the, uh, the bathhouses, uh, I think the way you described it best really describe, you know, hit it. Like our bathhouse for our loop was simple. Uh, it was also under construction, so the showers weren't available. But that's a good sign because they're putting money in it and they're upgrading and they're they're making sure that the the amenities are there for the campers. Uh, we used um, a, a larger bathhouse in different loop, and those showers were amazing and uh, clean. And so they're they're simple, but they're they're clean and they're functional, and that and that's really all you're looking for. And um, you know, I I didn't feel uncomfortable about the, the the amenities in terms of bathhouses and showers and things like that at all. Yeah, there were private showers. A couple of things here. When we checked in, um, I asked about swimming, and they said there's no lifeguard yet, but you can swim. Just stay close to the beach and don't go out too far. Um, that's actually what somebody working there told me. So they they weren't being like hyper strict about saying you know you couldn't you know dive into the water if you wanted to cool off. Also, that recycling center. We're not going to, we're at the very end of this podcast, something kind of amazing and cool happened at the recycling center to fill. Hang on at the end of the show. That is how we will end this uh, very episode. Um, now you mentioned this is a great hiking park and it is truly, truly an incredible campground for hiking. There are many, many excellent hikes and you can leave right from your site. So why don't you tell everybody about um, the hike that we did? And one or two other ones. Well, we we actually did a couple. Tell everyone about the hikes that we did, and then maybe um, what we would do if we went back. Yeah, well, we did the Catterskill Falls hike. That was our primary big hike, and that was great. That was um, it was not overly challenging, but it wasn't like a total cakewalk. So you got a you got a good sweat. And we first started by walking up to the observation pier. Uh, we thought that was where we'd have to go. We got to the observation pier and we looked down 100 feet and we saw this beautiful pools and this gorgeous waterfall and about 9 million people down there. We're like, we want to be one of them. <laughs> we, it was so crowded. We, we, yeah, it was it was crowded, but not like overly crowded where it was it was unenjoyable by any means. The, the crowd that was there and the feel of being crowded was actually, it was like a, a positive energy. It was good. We're, it was like nice to see a lot of people out in nature and, and looking to do nature, you know, and uh, we bumped into a, a, a park ranger and he told us a way to get around. And it was just a short 
you know, three quarters of a mile walk up and over a bridge and down. It was had to have been a hundred steps, uh, maybe more that were carved out of stone that they put down. I mean, tremendous amount of work to get it. And you got you right down to the bottom of the waterfalls. It was beautiful. And, it is um, a world-class, I, I believe it's the tallest waterfall in New York. I hope I'm right about that. It's a world-class hike. It's like a national park quality hike right there at North South Lake. Yeah, it was very nice. It was great. I mean, and we got down there and you did, you know, the, the beauty of, of the nature was, was great, but it was also the beauty of the experience with the people too. I mean, like we saw people from all walks of life there. You know, there was this young group of uh, guys from a, a fraternity and a school in Pennsylvania that they meet every year and they come down and uh, they, they just, that's how they keep in touch. They come and they hike the falls and they stay in town. They weren't staying at the campground, but they were, you know, they came and, and took the hike in and, you know, and then we saw, you know, old folks, young folks, babies, kids, and, you know, being carried on backpacks and papooses and stuff like that it was great. It was, that's the best part of being out and being in nature. That's the whole thing. I'm so. smiling ear to ear listening to you recount the hike. You're you're just describing it so perfectly. Uh, it was. It was just like this this cross section of American life, you know, all types of people, everybody having fun, everybody enjoying nature. Like I didn't like I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to hike where there's a crowd or like I like that energy on the trail, you know, and everybody was friendly and nice. And you were talking to people and I was talking to people. It was wonderful. Um, it was a lot of so, fun. It was great. It really so was. what other what other hike did we uh, do in our in our short trip? We did the, uh, the 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 mountaintop hike where we went to the 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 old hotel, the old Catskill Hotel, and that that's no longer there. Um, the, the Catskill Mountain House is that's what it was. I'm sorry, the name escaped me for a minute. But uh, back in the early 1900s, there was this beautiful, in, incredible mountain house for the, the the rich and wealthy elite you know like the vanderbilts of the time and it was right on this cliff edge and um so they have a they have a big placard that you know shows you where the the actual hotel was the hotel's not there anymore but the hike was short it was right at the end of uh the the main parking lot there was a short trailhead and it took us about 15 minutes and you're you're standing there over this break, breathtaking view of the, the valley and you can see smoke coming up from campfires. You can see clouds touching down in different places. You see the shadows of the clouds moving over the treetops. I mean, it was just beautiful. And and if you, you don't say a word, you just hear nothing but silence, which was just like a really nice, a nice treat because uh, you know, we don't get too much silence around my house anyway with two teenagers. <laughs> so. Oh, God, there's never silence in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, I can't believe I'm about to say this on the podcast, but I will. Just before we were about to, Bill and I were about to hit record and we were just kind of, I was trying to get to the microphone. I had a, I had a loud teenager screaming for toilet paper in my house and uh, I was a little <laughs> bit delayed. Um, so, but it was a very peaceful, very peaceful hike. And there was only two other people up there when we hiked up there, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. There was only two other people. There was a, a couple there. They, you know, they picked, they, they packed like a little picnic basket. They had wine and cheese and they were sitting on the bench. They had, uh, guy had a great set of binoculars. They were, you know, they looked like military grade binoculars and they were sitting and they were just sitting, drinking some wine and eating some cheese and, and looking out with the binoculars over the valley, picking out different sites and spots. And it was great. It's nice. You know, we, we went exploring, looking around here and there and they, uh, you know, it, it was great. It was, wasn't like we were on 
on top of them and interfering with their experience. They were, you know, not interfering with ours. It's, it's just the beauty about this place is that there's so much space to, to enjoy it and be around other people, but not feel like you're right on top of them too, which is nice. Now the, uh, the ranger had recommended another hike that we didn't get to. And I, th I think that, um, you know, we would certainly like to do it if we go back. What, what, you know, obviously we didn't do this hike, but what is this other hike that's considered really, really great where you can take off right from your campsite? So it was uh, North Point, and um, it's almost a 360-degree view from the top of this peak. And um, I have up right now, If you, when folks are listening to this, if they go to All Trails, the All Trails website, and they type in Artist Rock uh, Catskills, those two words, then you're going to get a whole bunch of things. And one of them is... Um, it, it describes a loop where Artist Rock was another camp, uh, another trail hike that we were talk, told about that we never got to. There's a nice six mile loop. You can see something called Artist's Rock and there's a picture of it. Looks beautiful. Sunset Rock and Newman's Ledge via Mary, Mary's Glen Trail. Now, Mary's Glen Trail, when you, you go online and you look at the, the, the map of the campground is right in the campground itself. So you don't even have to leave the campground to get to a trailhead. That'll give you a nice six mile hike uh, with very rewarding views because the, the, the views are very nice. And then North Point is also the trailhead is also right within the campground. And uh, again, short hike, maybe a three mile round trip hike with beautiful, you know, almost 360 views. And it's it's just breathtaking up there. It really is. There's a lot to do that we, we still can that we haven't done yet. If, so if you love hiking, it it does not get much better than North South Lake because I mean it's I love when you don't have to drive to a trailhead. Like I truly love when you can put on your hiking boots at your campsite and take off and then return to your campsite. And North South Lake is that campground. Now the campground is is somewhat remote and there's not a lot of you know stores or shopping around it immediately. But we did go to um, two very cool stores. Mm -hmm. um, the one that is closest to the campground, most people basically say, like, it's the general store for the campground. Now, it's not run by the state or anything. It's a private business. But it's called the Twilight General Store. And it's just an old school general store that I think that we brought out the inner boy in both of us. And we both yeah. kind of loved the Twilight General Store. So you yeah. know, tell us a little bit about that place. It's right uh, outside it's just, of the campground too. Yeah, it's great. It's just it's it had uh, it had a whole like gift section where they had you know you know keychains and shot glasses and things like that for with the town's name, sweatshirts, t-shirts, and hats and stuff along those lines. And then the the side that I liked was more like the general store side, where it had like just you know all the the odds and ends knickknacks in terms of camping supplies that you needed like an extra funnel for your your Coleman white fuel or uh extra tent spikes and things like that we even saw they had the replacement plunger for the uh the uh pressure tanks for the Coleman stoves and the the lanterns you know you never see that stuff anywhere you know oh, you got stop. we've got we've got we've got to stop there and enjoy that for a second this place okay. sells spare parts for classic Coleman lanterns. Like that's how <laughs> legit this place is. Now it's also very, we were, we were joking. It's very possible that they've had those things for 20 years and no one's bought yeah. them. Um, but it, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing <laughs> to me. Like this place is like 
old school dirt bag camping supplies, general store, uh, just re- real traditional and cool. Also, really good ice cream. Ice right? cream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice cream was down dynamite. That was, I, I got a, a chocolate brownie ice cream that was ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was a great store. It was a lot of fun. I mean, they had pocket knives and slingshots and, and, you know, you name it. There was the beer, the soda, the ice, the chips, you know, everything. And it was, it was, it was humming. There were, there were campers in and out constantly flowing through. It was, it was a lot of fun. You could, you, it was a rainy day and you got absolutely nothing that to do. You can go kill an hour in that store without a doubt. So. And so there was like nothing pretentious about it. It was just kind of like this old school general store with mm-hmm. the camping vibe. But then a bit further up the road, we went to a place that was a bit more um, kind of kind of like for the glampers, you know, for maybe the city folks coming mm-hmm. out who want uh, organic foods and fancy soaps yeah. and shampoos, but also some some kind of cool camping stuff, the bare bones, lanterns and things like that. So um, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the Circle W General Store and, uh, you know, what did we get there? What did you what was your take on that place, Phil? Well, that was a that was a great place, too, in its own way. It was just like you said, it had, I think, a little more upscale stuff in terms of supplies on the shelves. Uh, it had a very nice um, like little coffee station set up. They had great pastries there. They made great sandwiches. Uh, I wound up getting breakfast sandwich on the ride out on uh, Sunday and, and we stopped and uh, when we were checking out the stores for the, the podcast, you know, got coffee, their coffee's very good. You know, they sell nice candles and soaps for the ladies and things like that. And, and it just, the outside of the building was what struck me because it was just beautiful construction, old, very old and uh, traditional looking general store style. Red metal roof, white sides, black shake shingles. I mean, a uh, black uh, shingles on the sides of the windows. It just it looked great. You know, they had nice signage on the side. That old fashioned signage, the tin signage. They even vintage had RV. A, uh, yeah, they had a vintage RV. That um, on Sunday when I left, I talked to the lady, and they don't even use it anymore. But they had it. They they used to serve sandwiches out of it. So. Um, you know, it was, uh, but it, it just added to the feel of the place. And it, it was just, it was really nice. Oh, I and loved so, it. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. But two really good places that between both of them, you'll find whatever it is you need um, to kind of, you know, resupply or, or bolster your, your supplies when both you're there. Both sides of New York's camping soul too, like the glamping side. Uh, or, or just the traditional camping side. No, you said you said, I think you said soaps and shampoos for the ladies, but I think you meant to say soaps and shampoos for Jeremy because Jeremy because yeah. Jeremy bought some fancy Dr. Bronner's uh, soaps there that he loves so much. So, uh, that, you know, look, I loved both stores because I love both styles of of camping. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So love both of them. So stop at both on your way in. Now that's our campground review. Um, Phil, I'd give this place, I'd give this place a 10 out of 10. Like, I mean, it's an amazing place. I'd love to see them update a bit more of the facilities and some of the signs are getting old and stuff like that. You did point out they're redoing some of the bathhouses, but, but to me, I, this is about as good as it gets for public uh, campgrounds in America. I, I feel like this place is amazing. It's a bucket list place. I mean, are you, are you that much in love with North South Lake as well? Yeah, absolutely. I would 100% agree because it's just a really, it, it's, I feel like it's a well-maintained state park 
and it, there's a presence. You know, we saw Rangers, we saw DEC folks in their cars. There was, we're always passing somebody um, who worked for the state driving through the campsite. So you never felt like you had to worry if like you, you got in a bind, you got a flat tire or you needed some help or whatever. There was always, you felt that that was accessible that way. The fact that they were doing work on our bathhouse was like a big plus to me. And um, just the atmosphere in itself, it was just a good like camping atmosphere. When you go camping for the first time, this is like the type of place you want to go because you're going to experience nature. You're also going to have people around you so you don't feel isolated. And you're really just going to say, all right, you know, I could do this again. This is fun. And this, I could do it in a place like this for sure. Oh, my God. We want to go back so badly. Okay. We're going to come back. This is like two podcasts in one today. We're going to come back and Phil's going to break down his literally, I like literally perfect tent camping setup. Uh, I stepped out of my truck and you were, you had, you were all set up. And I was like, this guy has literally nailed it with the tent camping setup, with the gear, uh, some of which is also like your RV setup. Um, so we're going to come back with almost like a bonus section of this podcast to talk about your amazing setup from this trip and all the gear that you use and love. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at RV Snap Pad. Meet the world's only permanent jack pad. RV Snap Pads attach permanently to your RV leveling jack so you don't have to carry around blocks of wood or plastic blocks to level your towable or motorized RV. Simply snap them on one at a time and you're all set. RV Snap Pads go on in seconds and provide a lifetime of stability on the road. They are built for wanderers, adventurers, and vacationers just like you. SnapPad also now makes non-permanent leveling accessories for plastic levelers and buckets. They make everything you need to have the best leveling experience possible in your RV. We added RV SnapPads to our travel trailer two years ago and love their durability, design, and functionality. They also make setting up and breaking down camp faster and easier. Finally, SnapPad recently collaborated with Camco Manufacturing to release the most durable, rugged, and stable scissor jack stabilizer available today. Head over to rvsnappad.com and use their Submit Your Rig tool to answer a few quick questions, and they will find you the perfect set of snap pads for your towable or motorized RV. Join the RV SnapPad revolution today. To find out more, visit rvsnappad.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with Phil Travaglia, who is an amazing camper. Like you've you've got it down. You inspire me. I'm a complete gearhead, uh, and and when I see how you set things up, I'm like, there's you don't bring anything you don't need. You literally bring everything that is useful and and will be used. So let's let's break it down. Let's talk about your setup for this trip, and let's start with canopies. Okay, that was a big part of your setup. What were you using and how did you use them? Yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you for the compliments, by the way. And I think I'm a, I think if I had to label it, I would be a minimalist gearhead because I, I love my gear, but I try not to like bring too much stuff because we just <laughs> just don't have the room for it. Plus, I can't, I can't store it in the house. I'll get myself in trouble at home, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> well, they, they, you know, look, you are the gear, you love gear and you're the gear minimalist. I love gear and I'm the gear maximalist. And I've written about this before on our website. Like I think yours is the preferable way uh, and mine is not the preferable way. You don't want extra things that just take up space. Um, so I loved the canopy setup. What were you using? So I used uh, 
Coleman makes these eaved canopies, um, their shelters, and they're they're 13 by 13 squares under the eave. And the frame itself is is a 10 foot interior frame. So the legs are at 10 feet square and the 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 eave extends outside of the legs and it just gives you extra coverage from the rain or from the sun. And uh they're super easy to put up. Um and they're they're very reasonably priced. I, I bought mine at Costco for $140. It's probably maybe a little bit more now just because everything seems to be going up. But the second one that I purchased, like I I found a Kmart in a clearance aisle for $75. And it, it you know, they're great. And they they they're they hold up to the wind, they hold up to the rain, and um they're they make a huge difference because they they give you the coverage you need. And um that's that's the brand that I like because the eaves really make a difference to give you that extra space. It's worth the extra couple of bucks if you have to. And tell us how you used both of them. And we had a we had a weekend with intermittent rain, and you literally it, it say like it saved us. I mean, the way you set it up was perfect. How did you use those canopies? So one canopy I used for our our cooking slash living space. So I I basically. It's big enough where you can slide a standard picnic table from the campground underneath it. And then what I did was I set up my cooking table. It's a, you know, it's a multi-shelved table that I got at Dick's Sporting Goods. And there are pictures of all this on the show notes. And um, so I, you know, I set that up underneath the the awning. Um, have a Coleman stove, one of the old-fashioned guys. That mine is a. Uh, a 413G, I think it was made in 1967 and it still works like the day it was made. And uh, I absolutely love it. And that sits right on the table. That That's my main heat source. Um, and then those shelves, we wind up just putting a bunch of, you know, stuff that you're going to use. I put my bottled waters under there. I put, uh, you know, my extra fuels, uh, my cooking supplies, things along those lines, utensils and stuff on there. And then, um, in the corners, I set up small tables, like, you know, just accessory tables. And I wound up picking up at a local supply store by me, a sporting goods store, these collapsible Coleman uh, cooler stands, they call them, or, or stove stands. And they're really great. They, they telescope. They're made of aluminum. They fold up and they're very compact in terms of taking up space, but they're durable and they can hold quite a bit of weight. And I wind up, I use that as the base. And I went to Home Depot and Home Depot had these hardwood tool cabinet tops made by Husky. They're about 30 bucks each. And they're very nice. They, they look good and they're also weatherproof. They're finished and, and high varnish and they sit right on top. And they're, you know, it's just a flat piece of wood. So they don't take up an awful lot of space when you're packing. And I put one of those in each corner. So we have extra space um, to put, you know, a small cooler full of ice and and some cups for drinks. Uh, the other side with the other table, I usually put a single burner butane stove where I put uh, my I have a Coleman oven, a collapsible Coleman oven, aluminum oven. That's great. You know, we made biscuits with our dinner that night. They came out really good. And um, so like it just I have everything has a place. And um, then hanging from the corner. I had a, uh, it's a very old, they don't even make that model anymore, but I, I put something similar to that up on from, I just grabbed something online and put a picture up. But that, 
like a collapsible cabinet that hangs from the corner scaffolding of the uh, the canopy. So that held our paper towel and our paper plates, and uh, it held the coffee, uh, and it held uh, you know the can openers and and the utensils and things like that. So everything's in a spot that it's off the ground, it's dry. So the the stuff that you don't want to get wet stays dry. And um, you know what I did was I put up two Coleman uh, walls. They make these great sun walls. And the sun walls are like really what make the biggest difference because when there's rain, even though you're covered under the canopy, a lot of times the rain hits the ground and it splatters and you wind up getting, you know, a little bit of wet, a little bit of sand, a little bit of dirt kicked up. But I put two walls in and formed a corner on two of the two out of the four walls of the, the canopy. And that just kind of provided good protection from the rain and from, from any kind of splashing. It protected us from the wind. And um, I had a third wall if we needed it, but we didn't need it because um, the rain wasn't that bad. But the walls make a huge difference. And sometimes the, they don't fit as well as they're supposed to. So I bring uh, a container of uh, plastic zip ties and just some zip ties and, a, and a, a good pair of scissors to cut them off at the end. But you can zip tie them to make sure they hold up and stay in place. And I mean, you remember that made all the difference in terms of the weather, those walls. Not just the weather, but also creates privacy um, in a yes. nice way where you're not sitting, eating, looking at, the, and look, the sites were big here and there was lots of trees and everything, uh, but it mm -hmm. created a, a nice private dining area and we had rain, you know, we were eating yeah. dinner in the rain uh, mm -hmm. and it was a game changer having having that canopy set up. And then you, you still had yeah. yet another canopy. Um, yeah, yeah. So how so did the second you... canopy? I put my tent under, um, and that that's just cheating because I'm over fifty, <laughs> and I want to be comfortable. So you know, I put my I put my Coleman six person tent underneath the canopy, and uh, it fits completely under the footprint of the awnings and the eaves. And there's no rain that drips off the sides and hits the tent at all. And you know, we, we were actually out with you guys up in Turkey Swamp and we had a torrential, like torrential weekend with the camper, but I had brought the tent to sleep out in the tent just to give it a try and stayed bone dry. And that's when I learned that, that putting the canopy over the top of the tent is just like a great way to, to make sure you stay comfortable and dry. And we really, um, that I, I won't do it any other way after that. I mean, talk about waterproofing your tent, right? I mean, you that 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 tent mm -hmm. is completely waterproof. Now, now, and you also you like that Coleman tent as well. It was a nice, comfortable tent for you. You fit a huge air mattress mm -hmm. in there and some other stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a spacious tent. That again, another cost go by. It was like a hundred and ten dollars at the time, and it had the blackout technology, which actually made a pretty decent difference. Um, you know, so the, when the sun comes up, the light doesn't, you know, really like bombard you. And, um, you know, I was able to put in a queen size air mattress. I had a, you know, I have a, a little collapsible shelf system that I put in for like my clothes and everything like that. I can put a lantern on it and um, stay organized. I had room for a portable uh, luggable loo, which is, you know, like it's just a, a self-contained potty that, that, you know, you bring like, again, big game changer that a lot of people don't realize is if you don't have to get up in the middle of the night to walk to the bathhouse, or if it's raining, you don't have to get out in the wet weather to go walk to the bathhouse. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's there for nighttime and bad weather and for number one only. And that's, that's made a huge difference because, um, you know, 
it, it, it's very convenient and it, it, it saves you from having to get up and get out and, and do things to, to get to the bathroom. And for us RV owners, right? I mean, we're RV owners who are tent camping. Um, mm-hmm. To have those portable travel toilets is absolutely awesome. I also brought one. Um, mm-hmm. re- really, really makes a big, big difference to not have to walk all the way, you know, to the bathhouses to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Um, yeah. That the grill. I, I just really want to mention that grill stand that you use. I have the same one. It's by GSI, a company yes. out of Connecticut. And again, you can get that at Dix. You can get that at Amazon. So, is there anything else in terms of the gear that like that just works perfectly and that you really love? Yeah. So one thing I didn't mention that I I feel that's very important, especially when you're tent camping, is you're going to need a bin. Like a camping bin is essential because um, when you're RV camping, you have everything in, in your RV, you know, your cookware, your flatware, your plates, all that stuff. You don't have to think twice about it. It's in there, but you need a good bin that's going to fit the stuff that you need. Like we had a frying pan and a pot and a percolator coffee pot. And, um, what else did we do? Um, you know, just the cooking utensils, the spatulas and things like that. And, so to have a bin to put all the daily use stuff, your your dish soap, your sponges, your towels, that kind of stuff. And that I kept, you know, right in the, the cooking area. And um, at night, I put that in the truck because it does have, you know, the smells of food on it. Uh, but a bin, like your camping bin when you go tent camping is going to be like your best friend. And like the the beauty of a lot of this stuff is that there are a million different types of everything. You know, there are coolers you can get a million different types of coolers you could spend a million dollars or you could spend twenty dollars bins the same thing you can get big bins with wheels you can get you know durable bins you can get bins with snaps that kind of stuff that's what makes it fun you go out there and you find the stuff that really appeals to you and kind of fits up the 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 setting that you have in your head that you're going to make your camp setting with i brought a smaller bin for our non-perishable goods and um then you know i have my classic at the old Coleman cooler I have from my grandfather. I just can't get rid of it. It's not the most efficient cooler, but you know what? I just, I, I have to use it. I just can't get rid I, of it. Dude, it works it. for the weekend, man. Like yeah, that thing was fine. Exactly. We both, you know, had a, then, we both had a, we both had all of our Coleman gear there. So you had a yeah. classic lantern. You mentioned you had the Coleman two burner mm-hmm. stove. You also had the Coleman oven. So we were like a bunch of, you know, boy scouts burning with our Coleman stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to- totally nerds. camping nerds, nerding out on it, having a blast. Yeah. Um, but I awesome. love the Coleman stuff because it's, it's reasonable, reasonably priced. And if you're just getting started and you're not overdoing it in terms of going out into the, the wilderness and challenging yourself and stuff, it, it, it'll hold up nicely. And, um, you know, for a state park, a weekend, a long weekend, even a week out there, that's that's a price point that that will make it an affordable thing for people to do. And and it's kind of fun. They have a lot of good stuff. You know, we, we set the, the gas lamps, lanterns under the, the canopy for our cooking station. And I, I bought my battery powered lanterns and a lantern fan for the inside of the tent. And, you know, it was able to maintain some good comfort and not have to worry. You know, you don't want to run a gas lantern in a tent. So, you know, the, the battery stuff, a combination of the battery stuff and the gas stuff really works out nicely. And uh, it, it's it, it's fun because you're 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 tailoring your space and your vacation to the way you want to, like, make it be. And, and that's that's like part of the adventure to me. That's what makes it fun. 
And Phil, this was like training for me because as you know, the next week I took Max and Theo and Wes and two of their friends tent camping. And it was, this was, and with two other dads and all their kids. So there was 13 of us. There were three dads and 10 kids uh, tent camping, Sandy Hook, New Jersey. And I'm so glad I did this trip with you as like the dry run to kind of up my game and to get organized. Um, and, and then sort of, you know, I didn't replicate your setup by any stretch of the imagination, but then when I went tent camping again, had, had a blast again, um, that, that trip you and I went on really, really helped now. So the two of us had all of our classic Coleman gear. You have, you know, a handful of really select pieces. I have tons and tons of classic Coleman gear. And, you know, we were talking a lot about the classic Coleman lanterns and whatnot. Um, and the trip ended with something of a camping miracle. It's almost kind of unbelievable. This happened to you. It happened after I left. Uh, and you're going to, we're going to come back in a second. We're going to end the podcast by talking about this camping miracle, which literally like the camping gods, uh, <laughs> intervened and, and did something for Phil, which he deserves. Um, but before we do that, we have a sponsored <laughs> message from our friends at Yogi Bears, Jellystone Park, Camp Resorts. Our family has been staying at Jellystone Park locations for 12 years. There are more than 75 Jellystone Park locations across the United States and Canada, and each one is unique, but our kids love them all because each Jellystone Park location has fun attractions like pools, water slides, splash grounds, mini golf, laser tag, and jumping pillows. Plus, there are tons of activities all day and all night long, such as foam parties, dance parties, wagon rides tie-dye, and movie nights. They even have themed weekends like Chocolate Lovers Weekend, Christmas in July, and Halloween weekends in the fall. Of course, we can't forget the fun of hanging out with Yogi Bear, Boo Boo, and Cindy Bear. And at Jellystone Park, you can stay in your RV or enjoy one of their awesome glamping accommodations as many of their locations offer luxury cabins, yurts, covered wagons, and more. Make Jellystone Park a part of your family's vacation in 2023 because it's not just a campground. It's a Jellystone Park. To learn more and to book your vacation today, visit Jellystone Park. Park.com. That's jellystonepark.com. And please don't forget to tell Yogi Bear that Jeremy and Stephanie said hello. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with Phil Trevalia. Um, we did our review of North South Lake and the Catskills, and we did a whole other segment on all of the tent camping gear that these two RV guys used. Now, Phil, I left just a little bit before you, and um, then you went to the recycling center. Uh, on your way out, like a good responsible camper, and uh, something of a camping miracle occurred. Tell us what you found. Yeah, it was like Christmas in May. It was great. Yeah, I, I brought in the, uh, you know, the the trash and recycling, and I walk into the the recycling center, and, and the way they have it set up is there's a table for glass and a table for plastic and a table for cardboards and paper, and then they had a table for tin and aluminum, and right in the middle of the table for tin and aluminum was a beautiful, like pristine shape Coleman stove. Now I misspoke before I told you I had a 413 G. I actually had a 425 G. What was there? This was a 413 G and this is a a bigger stove than the one that I had. And I, I, I 
almost fell over. I was like, what is this doing here? I think this, this thing's got to be trashed. So I, I went and I, I looked at and I opened it up perfect inside. The only thing that I noticed was that the winch, the winch uh, blockers on the side and the, the burner right under the main burner were, had a ton of soot on them and it stunk like kerosene. So what happened was somebody put the, the wrong fuel in this thing, had a huge flare up, and they said, oh, my God, this thing's broken. And they threw it out. It probably totally fireballed the, on them. Yeah, yeah. And they emptied the tank and everything. There was nothing in the tank, but it you know, it reeked of kerosene. So I was like, I, I, I can't leave this wounded Coleman stove by itself. And I, uh, <laughs> I threw and, it in the back what, of the truck. I, I took oh, it home. I cleaned it. And I've wanted you <laughs> to get a 413. Yeah, it's bigger than the one that I have, the 425. It's it's more spacious. It's still a two burner. It's not overly big, and it's. I put I, I cleaned it up. I put new wa uh, fresh white fuel in it, and the thing works brand new. It like like it like it was never used before. It it actually works better than my 425 that I that I swear by and always use, and it's it's it was the greatest. I got a got a new stove out of the whole deal, and it was a, just an absolute blast. And a I thousand was people would have walked by that thing and not even looked at it. Like it was literally left for you to supplement your your collection. So now you've got the 425 and the 413. Literally, mm-hmm. you will have that. I know you. You will have yeah. that stove for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, it yeah, found its way into the kids. Yeah, it found its way to the perfect, perfect person. Did you check the year on that stove? I did not get a chance to check the year, um, but I, I I want to. I just have just had so much going on at home. But it, I would probably think that it's got to be probably made in like the 80s, I would say. I mean, it's might be it a 70s model. What's that? It might even be from the 70s. I mean, that that may be a 50 year old Coleman stove that you yeah, rescued yeah. from the recycling center. Yeah, it was like I rescued an orphan child. Yes. <laughs> Phil, I cannot thank you enough but, for yeah. first of all, I, I can't thank you enough for for reserving the sites, yeah, reserving the site rather, making this trip happen. We both said up to the last second, we were worried you wouldn't be able to go. I wouldn't be able to go just because of where our lives are at with the kids and family and all that stuff. But we did it. We made it happen. Yeah. We pulled off a weekend we of tent camping, um, got to see a beautiful campground in New York State. So thank you so much for for really making it all happen. Oh, you're welcome. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for, for going with me because it's, you know, it's not easy to find folks to get out with and stuff. And, uh, you know, but we we wanted to do this like, you know, we every for how many trips we talk, we got to go on a 10 camping trip. We have to go on a 10 camping trip. And so we finally made it happen. It was great. And, and we're going to try to get out there with the wives next. They're going to, you know, yeah. my, my wife is all in. She's uh, Leslie said she's ready when we are, you know, and we, we gotta, we gotta do this again. We'll get Hector and Laura involved. You know, we'll, it's, it'll be nice. It, and, but it's, I think it'll be, a, a, we can start another little tradition. We can do like one side 10 camping trip a year as a group, which would be a lot of fun. So love it. I, I really cannot do. wait. Cannot wait to see you again at the campground. Thank you, Phil. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the RV Atlas. 
To find out more about the topics discussed on this show, head on over to thervatlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook and make sure to join us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at the RV Atlas. If you enjoy our show, please consider leaving us a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And we will see you at the campground. See you at the campground.